Corona, I blame it on Corona. Uh, <laughs> what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to this freaking Batman News Weekly podcast, which I don't ever do intros on here. I like just starting conversations, but I was caught off guard there. Uh, anyways, we got it's been very light on Batman News for I feel like the last couple of weeks, although we're still hitting you with these mega episodes at times when we have no news to talk about. But um, it does seem like there's very little things to talk about, although we do have one. Big thing, which I've been waiting for for a really long time. I actually did a video on it on my Bat from the Box channel, which is three Jokers. So that is be one of the biggest things we'll talk about here today. But of course, we always want to start off with any Batman movie news updates. There's not a lot. There's not a lot that we can actually talk to you guys about. I will say I found. Well, I just want to. Oh. I want to. I want to ask you a question, mm-hmm. but we'll do it after all this. Let's go ahead and talk about what we actually know, and then I I want to throw oh, you okay. a question. Uh, Having to do with okay, the movie. Okay, cool, cool. All right. Well, um, one thing that I saw randomly uh, on Instagram, I'm assuming, because I'm never on Twitter, and uh, this was actually pointed out by the Cars designer that Ace. I, I got to get his real name, but it's like Aesop or Ash Shop or Ash Tarp or I don't, I don't. What it's something like that. Um, but I forget how to pronounce it. It's always like creatives always got to have crazy names, man. Um, but. Yep. Um, Speaking as a creative myself, I'm still it's still weird. It's branding. Uh, but uh, apparently, the back of the Batmobile with the engine and the way it goes into the Batmobile or everything is shaped like a bat symbol. So, yeah. So, what was what? crazy was they took the back of the photo of the car and somebody like... You'll notice in the back of the car, there's these two lines that kind of like race cars has them, kind of like roll cages... So apparently those are the points of the bat symbol and then apparently it goes out around the engine and the bottom of the symbol actually there's like this little I guess like a tow hook you know how you connect a tow to like a trailer or something there's one of those at the very bottom that is the ending point like the little freaking spike that the bat symbol has like the tail usually that's where it's Uh at and if you notice on the engine there's two little red lights those are the eyes. Of the bat symbol so yeah apparently it i'm pretty sure you can find it but the guy the guy that did the design on it said yes that was intentional it's just it looks better at different angles this is just not good photos to show that so yeah apparently the engine and the back of the car is designed to look like a bat symbol so that's weird yeah i would like to see that they should have had one of those photos um, to actually showcase that, but uh, yeah, so it, it was very interesting. The bat symbol that the guy outlined, the fan that did it, uh, it seemed pretty cool. But it was cool to see that the actual like car, um, like had the lights on it and stuff. And of course, it has like one of those like I didn't, we didn't really talk about it when we covered it on the podcast, but it has like a a super mega turbo booster on the back of it, like you know, so that thing's gonna haul ass. Um, but, and apparently is very loud, according to Jeffrey Wright. You know, I, I don't know. I, if, if that's how it was designed, they should have, like, made it a point to, like, debut that kind of thing in the actual, like, debut photos. Yeah, yeah. They could have done a lot of things better with that, to be honest. 
But you know what? Uh, they don't want to give everything away. I'm pretty sure they're going to have some crazy car scene or whatever. I'm very surprised that we haven't gotten any leaked photos of this, like, on the streets yet. So I guess they have not started filming this, uh, with this car at least. So um, that's really interesting, in my opinion, that that has not happened. But uh, yeah, it, it looks pretty uh, crazy with this supposed bat design that is supposed to be for this. But anyways, um, you know, I said Jeffrey Wright earlier said, just wait until you hear this thing. He actually dropped something on his Instagram today, too, because we are, like, grasping at straws for news when it comes to this movie. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast. Was it something that I mentioned at the very end of last time? Or it might have been a couple couple weeks ago, but Jeffrey Wright showed his reading material before, a long time ago. It might have been. Less. Yeah, he um, he mentioned a long time ago that he was reading like Batman Essentials or whatever, which is the very early volumes of Batman. So we're talking about the stuff you yeah. would see in comic strips or whatever. I, I don't know how the old timey stuff happened, but it was like I don't know if those newspapers, but you could buy this stuff for like a nickel, like the way there was. Yeah, no, they were they were literally like ten to fifteen page comics yeah. that were like just super thin, and that's why it was so easy for people to just roll them up and put them in the back yeah. Pocket. So um, that's what uh, what Jeffrey Wright was reading because uh you know as time has progressed they've actually you know put those into big books and it's a bunch of just like it's like a two hundred page book that you can read of all these stories and so that's what he showed what he was reading and Gordon in those was not really he was more of a friend to bruce in those than he was like oh we're working together kind of thing so i was kind of like oh, okay so they're gonna be friends it's gonna be a little bit different but today he showed that he's actually also reading the long halloween um which i think is a better representation of gordon and i think that is definitely something i can get behind is how which this this movie was very much rumored to be, you know, the adaptation of that story. Anyway. Yes. So to see that is... Very yeah, for sure. And yeah, a lot of people were saying that's going to happen. And a lot of the characters that they have in this movie so far are in The Long Halloween. So um, I'm down that, you know, Jeffrey Wright's actually reading that. That is one of my favorite Batman stories. And especially if you're going to noir-style uh, storytelling... That is one of the best Batman stories you can read for a noir. Um, and, yeah, so I think that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, this is, this again, like you said, has been one of the rumored things that, or one of the rumored stories that this movie will be following. Um, it was funny because I was watching a random click, clip on Instagram today of the ending to uh, Dark Knight Rises where, um, you know, Bruce tells Gordon, he's like, uh, you know, heroes can be anything like, you know, putting a coat on a boy, you know, whatever, saying that everything's going to be all right. It was that scene. And I just realized, too, because when those movies came out, I wasn't, like, super into reading comic books when, like, I am now. So I hadn't read all the details. But that was literally No Man's Land. That's the whole story of that trilogy, the ending of that trilogy, because they blow up all the bridges in No Man's Land. So yeah. I was just like, oh, shit. And I was like, that is totally No Man's Land. Um, which is exactly what Gotham did as well. Um, just not as good. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that was something that was, that was pretty interesting. But other than that, that is pretty much all the stuff that has come out for Batman. So, Okay, so the question that I wanted to ask you, just because there's a lot of stuff happening right now mm -hmm. uh, with the coronavirus, mm -hmm. 
a lot of people are expecting this movie to be delayed in the filming because of mm-hmm. it. Do you think that can happen or that it will happen? Um, I think it only happens if the if somebody is sick on set. I think that's the only if somebody tests positive, you have to out of a safety concern cancel all of this. So, well yeah, but you know, I don't want to put politics into this, but we just heard that, you know, there has been a ban on travel mm-hmm. and with you know, these people being uh I believe there's quite a few American citizens in this movie for them like to not mm-hmm. be able to I mean, within the next 30 days, I don't think it'll happen. But, I mean, not be able to come back. I mean, that feels like it's kind of a scary thing. So, it was just a thought that a lot of people have thrown Mm -hmm. out there. Just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Uh, I think it's somewhat possible because of the enormous amounts of cancellations and delays and pushbacks that we have gotten here recently. Within just the last week, uh, I think it's possible. I... Don't think it'll change unless somebody tests positive. That's uh, honestly the only thing I think would happen. Because a lot of people, like the main people that are involved in this, I don't think are having a lot of contact with a bunch of other people on the outside of this film place. So unless they are somehow, you know, getting in contact with a bunch of people that aren't involved in this, I don't see it being a big issue. Because you can always replace, like you know, a random person on the film set, unless you're the director or the, you know, the cinematographer or whatever. Those are the hard people that you don't want to replace. But if it's somebody like in craft services or like a boom mic holder or, you know, a PA or whatever, those are easily replaceable on a set. Um, You know, if you have to. So I think if one of them got infected or something, granted, if somebody got infected, they're going to quarantine everybody or they're going to test everybody to make sure it's fine. But uh, I'm pretty sure something like this, since it is so close wraps, they won't they they wouldn't rush to cancel this. It's not like an NBA game like we just saw the NBA cancel their whole season where a bunch of people come into the same place every single day or a bunch of variety of different people on a movie set. It's the same people all the time. So, um, yeah, I I don't see that happening, but it's possible. Of course it is with everything that's been getting canceled. Um, But I wouldn't worry about these people not. Like, if they're like, oh, you can't go back to America for 30 days, I'm pretty sure WB would take care of them. They're like, yeah, just live in your trailer. You know what I mean? Or whatever. So yeah, for sure. I highly doubt that. And plus, I don't think Europe would be the worst place to be out of sight of America. You know what I mean? For 30 days. I think you'd yeah. be fine. But also, speaking of cancellations, mm-hmm. we have some entertainment news of something that we've been trying to follow for quite some time. That being the Batman video The cancellation game. is not the game. It's E3. Yeah, no, not the game itself, but E3. Because there has been news that WB Games and Rocksteady were planning on announcing uh, the Batman game. Or giving news on the Batman game. There was also like a Harry Potter game that was supposed to be talked about, a GTA game. But all like the biggest news that everybody is actually fed up mm-hmm. about is the fact that we were finally going to get something about the Batman game, and now we will not. Now, of course, there's people contemplating and predicting that they will go the uh, Nintendo Direct route Mm -hmm. and start doing their own live stream type thing 
talking about what their upcoming games will be, which I think will be the best thing to do, just because, you know, it doesn't affect anybody as far as, like, conferencing and all that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've always said that it would be best for WB slash DC just to hold their own thing. I think a lot of studios should do this, to be honest. I think because WB has its own, like, auditorium or whatever on the set of, like, their studio. You know what I mean? And they could easily just set up something and be like, all right, we're going to go ahead and do something here. I mean, if they wanted to, they can go rent out another place like the Chinese theater or whatever. They could do things if they wanted to make a big, like, direct announcement you know what i mean and invite some of the best people you know invite some big youtubers that are going to cover this invite some big like uh podcasters invite some you know you can invite a bunch of the other people like yo you know pay for your own way to get out here you got a ticket into this event and we're going to cover comics we're going to cover this we're going to cover hbo max we're going to do all this and you kind of treat it like a you know a nintendo direct or like an apple event to where you just have all these people blogging it and you're just like oh shit all this is coming out yeah and I think that's the way you build hype for comics. It's the way you build hype for games. It's the way you build hype for movies. And I don't understand why they don't do that and why they choose to go to these bigger events to do it when you're going to constantly be, you know, yeah, DC can have the spotlight for, like, the noon hour, but then Marvel drops their shit at night, the same night, and you're just like, oh, crap, everybody's going to be talking about Marvel. And so it's like, why don't you just have your own thing and you know what? Then everybody's talking about your crap for the whole week and not just a few hours. So, um, granted, anything yeah. DC does other than movies blows out Marvel in any other way. Like comics, I think, because I don't know anything that's going on in DC. But even if I wasn't a follower of DC and I was just a casual person, they promote their comic book shit way more than Marvel does. Like, way more, in my opinion. Because I don't see anything from Marvel, from any other creators, really. Like, not I mean, the way they're promoting metal I, I, and all this stuff. I don't think you follow much of Marvel anyway. So, I, I follow both. So I get a whole lot of yeah. Both. I mean, but uh, like they very much do promote stuff. But as, as far, far as the way like, DC they, does it, because like I see CBR and all these other people cover DC way more than they cover Marvel, and that's a generic website. I mean, they don't do like the the videos and all that stuff that DC has been doing mm -hmm. recently. Uh, but, I mean, I see some creators really push you're, But you're following individual uh, creators. Yeah, so that's a very different... You have to do that. I'm just talking about in generic audience. It seems like DC pushes more than Marvel does. Um, because they are putting out those little trailers and they are doing that. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I don't follow a lot of Marvel. So yes, it's, I don't follow a bunch of creators because a bunch of creators, to be honest, like following a bunch of creators is kind of boring. Like after a while, it's just the same shit over and over. Like, here's my book. Here's that. Like this and that, like going to Instagram, I will say it's a lot better than Twitter because like, it's just, they just tweet out photos of stuff. You know what I mean? Whereas tweets, it's like, oh yeah, this is coming out. Guys, don't forget this is coming out. Oh, don't forget tomorrow we got it. It's like, okay, bro, we get it. Like you get we know we fucking read comic books. They come out on Wednesdays. We understand. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. Either way, um, besides movies and stuff like that, I do think that um, you know, DC's pretty good about all that stuff. And I don't see why they wouldn't have their own events to pimp this shit out. Um, especially when it goes like, cause you don't need to go to all these other events. I think if they like, when you go to the comic cons and stuff, that's when you should release trailers and stuff. But like 
And I think, honestly, if you had your own event too, you should drop something big so people can constantly retweet that or do whatever. But these other things, you could, it's where you have the panels, it's where you have the Q&As and all that stuff. That's what Comic-Con should be for, to drop the second trailer or, you know, the first trailer if, you know, depending on when you have these kind of, you know, WB Direct or whatever the hell they would call it. I think that's the best thing for WB and DC and whatever else they want to do. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do now. I think they should. I mean, because if they're going to push, I don't even think PlayStation's having an event this year. Not that I know of. So yeah, no, we keep hearing that there was going to be an event yeah, for PlayStation. Not anymore. But I mean, yeah, nothing has really come. When you think about it, though, and I was telling this, I was telling this to a couple of other friends of mine. Uh, don't be surprised if the PlayStation Five gets delayed because of coronavirus, because it has to be made somewhere, and they're usually made in China or they're usually made in Japan, and if that's where it's being hit the most. You ain't gonna have people making that shit. So it you know, yeah. PS fives could literally be delayed this holiday season. So any Batman game or I anything that's coming that. out could easily you ain't getting it this year. So Yeah, for sure. So we'll see what happens there. Um but yeah, that is really RIP all those people that thought that twenty twenty was gonna be the best year for them. Yeah, for real. I mean <laughs> shit, I thought I was gonna have a better year, but whatever. Coronavirus ruining everything. Um but anyways, uh so that's the Batman stuff. That is the video game news we have. Uh if you're somebody that lives in London, uh you can go to I believe it's called Leicester Square, and apparently there is like a new movie just centric area there that is all statues from classic movies from like 1920 to current times because one of the statues is wonder woman um so dc has dropped two statues there which is really crazy it's a batman statue and a wonder woman statue now the batman statue apparently at night there's a bat symbol right next to it which is kind of cool so um if you were to walk through that place at night i don't know if it's safe or not i don't live in london but there's a bat symbol there which that's kind of cool. And the Wonder Woman one is her breaking through the wall and she has her lasso of truth out and the lasso of the truth freaking lights up. Like, that is pretty awesome. Yeah, and uh, the breaking of the wall is basically just like how she did it in the movie. It looks really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the one that is Batman, he's not like crouching on a gargoyle or anything. He's basically just standing Yeah, he's just kind of standing up. Nothing. But, I mean, it does have the bat signal there, so it does look cool in that way. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so yeah, if you are somebody that lives in Europe, I know that uh, a lot of quarantine stuff is starting to happen over there. So, if you get a chance, you got some time, maybe you live in the area, let us know. Does it look awesome? Does it look cool? I mean, the photos look dope. I mean, it's something I would definitely go like to check out. And it seems like it's something that's going to be there permanently because I didn't see anything like oh, from this month to June or anything like that. It says, like, permanent fixture. So I'm assuming it's going to stay there forever. Maybe they just wanted to spruce that area up. Um, I have no idea what that area is. So I don't know if there's, like, movie studios near there or what the case is because it feels like, you know, kind of doing something that is movie-based. There must be something really important in that area. And I, I know the name. So there's obviously stuff that's happened there. I just don't know what what it is. So, I just thought that was kind of cool. Batman getting his own statue in uh, some part of London. So, I think that's pretty dope. Uh, so, we got the Batman stuff out of the way. 
And, uh, yeah, the next biggest thing, to be honest, let, and let's just jump into this now because I know we have a bunch of other little things to talk about before we jump into reviewing comics. But uh, the comic book that has been eluding comic book fans for the last... When did Justice League Darkseid come out? War. Three, uh, four Dark years Side ago? War came out four years ago. Yeah, so four years ago, uh, people have been waiting to get the answer of who the three Jokers are from Jeff John's Justice League run. And uh, I've been wanting this comic for so long, and we finally have a release date for Jeff John and Jason Fabok's Three Jokers, and it's going to come out June 17th of this year. The comic is going to be monthly. That was confirmed by Fabok himself. And so we will get one in June, July, and August. And uh, for those of you that are a little skeptical because it's Jeff John's and you waited two years for Doomsday Clock... They weren't going to release a date for Three Jokers until 85% of the comic is done. Fabic has confirmed that he's working on the last issue right now. We won't even get it for another three months. So he has another three months to keep working on that final issue. And then that's when it'll be released. So, um, yeah, this is... uh, We're finally getting Three Jokers. What are your thoughts on this? I'm super excited for this. Just because any time that I can get more Jeff Johns... It is, you know, you know, the best for me just because, you know, right now Jeff Johns is probably the best writer out there mm-hmm. for DC. And unfortunately, he has not been able to write so much for DC at the moment because uh, he's, you know, really fixated on TV and movie stuff, which is never a bad thing. But, you know, just because I consume more comics than I do more television and more TV mm-hmm. or more movies, should I say. Uh, but yeah, I'm super excited. I'm still catching up on Justice League, uh, the New 52 run. I think I'm on issue like 13 or mm-hmm. 14 because uh, I am going back and reading the entire thing. But yeah, I'm super excited for it. Uh, everybody was, you know, freaking mind blown whenever they saw that panel of Batman in the Mobius chair saying, "Oh, I'm a god yeah. now," and getting that question of, you know, who is the Joker, and you know, learning that what chair whispered to him was that you know Mm -hmm. which one so that was crazy enough when we learned that in the rebirth you know one issue so i'm really enjoying it and uh, as far as like enjoying like the first looks and seeing all the pictures and the covers uh and i'm really excited to see if your theory is right or if everybody else's theory is right as far as if there's legitimately three jokers if there's you know, just one with multiple personalities or what? That, so, the three fun. Jokers, three different Jokers theory is trash, okay? I don't care. And, and if Jeff Johns is going to make three different Jokers, Jeff Johns is trash. I'll say that right now, okay? Because three, if if you make it three separate people, because Jeff Johns has already said this isn't going to be no multiverse bullshit. Like, he said that. Like, it's not going to be like, oh, it's three different Jokers from three different parallel universes or anything like that. It's not going to be that. Well, see, if he isn't going to say that, then he, I will say he dropped the ball on making this pure continuity because right now with Wally West in the Mobius chair uh, with uh, Flash 750 and Flash Forward book, um, we have learned that Wally is legitimately getting all of the DC Universe's history inside of his brain at the moment and he can see everything in continuity Mm -hmm. And everything pre-New 52, like, everything makes is starting to make sense. And it doesn't make sense because it's all, like, 
he has two separate pieces of memory basically mm-hmm. and you know this would make complete sense that you know there's three jokers because of the you know crossing of time and just the fuck up that you know Barry did with the timeline mm-hmm. basically so uh no i don't think i don't think so uh, cuz he's not writing flash forward so that's just somebody else creating that Oh, yeah, no, no, that's Scott Lobdell. I completely understand. But I'm saying because of everything that is happening right now in DC Comics, it could have played well with everything else. If that if theory you're was not, correct. If you're not counting anything Bendis has done and a bunch of other crap that's happened since four years ago. Because there's been a lot that would change this. Like, a lot. So, the... I mean, yeah, I mean, this is, this story did, you know, like you said, it came out at the beginning of Rebirth, which was Jeff Johns' baby, and, you know, he had the whole thing planned out, and this was going to be, basically, I think it was supposed to coincide with Doomsday Clock, and then, you know, we were supposed to get that ending to the Rebirth era, so... Yeah, knows, I don't man. know. Uh, but I still think, even in the end, because like I said, he said that it's not some multiverse bullshit... So, it's going to be either there's three legitimate Jokers on Earth, or it it has to be the personality thing. Because if you do three separate people that have done three separate, like, if you'd say everything Joker's done has actually been spread across three different people, that lessens his character so much because then you're like well which one did the barber thing and which one did this one and which one did that one it's so stupid and you just take away the uniqueness of joker saying that he is so crazy he is so genius he is so evil and you're like oh no those are all different people like that's so dumb like it just ruins the character like flat out ruins that character tell me because you're you're nodding tell me how it wouldn't ruin the character I don't think it would ruin the character because it's still all traits of Joker. Yeah, but you can't have these three different Jokers. Like, one is genuinely the original one, and everyone the other two are copycats, no matter what. So it's not an original character anymore. No, I wouldn't say that they're copycats. I would say they're all original characters, but in the same timeline. They all just got jumbled into the one timeline. You're saying that it's the same character from three different timelines. But he said it's not going to be any of that shit. I know, but we're playing with the idea that if it was, it would ruin the character. But I'm saying that it wouldn't ruin the character because it would still be the same character. Oh, I don't... I... It would be the same character with, with three different traits, basically. But, okay, so going off of the multiverse thing, it we he says it's not going to happen, so we have to play in that universe. So okay. if we're playing it, if there's three, it would be three different people that are the Joker. If... If it's not playing with any type of multiverse type thing or timeline stuff, uh, because I will say that's the one loophole you could play with is because uh, multiverse and timelines are two different things because you're still working with the same Earth, so it wouldn't be multiverse type thing. So he could still use that and get away with it. It's a cop-out, though, and people would call him out on it. It's a cop-out, but if you could erase all of that and just genuinely say, okay, if we're playing with the idea that it's three genuine different people, then yeah, I would say that two would be a copycat. Yeah, has to be. There has to be an original. But, yeah, 
for sure. There, there is definitely a, an original, unless it's like this weird, like, oh, we're playing with the idea of a Joker type thing, which would completely just, like, be stupid in my opinion. But, uh, I don't know. Like, I, you know, we did talk about it because of, I believe, Justice League number 13 of Scott Snyder's run. Mm-hmm. He did say that he feels like three different people by like the time he, he changes th- his like, personality three times before breakfast is what he said yeah 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 and no and I, i've always had this mentality because i don't i think jeff johns is so ingrained in comics he is such a fan and such a great writer of comics he's not stupid enough to do that he's not stupid enough to say that there are three physical jokers but going deeper as a writer you could say like, oh yeah, each of these three characters views Joker in a different way. Yes, and I completely, I can see him playing with that. And I have no problem having him play with that. Just because I feel like we've we've kind of had that before. Not necessarily with Joker, I don't think. Um, I'm trying to remember who we've seen that with. But oh, you know, just uh, the other day you were watching that uh, that Gotham Knight anime mm-hmm. on DC Universe. People telling different stories of Batman, they all saw him differently. Yeah. That's essentially what they would be doing with Joker. Yeah, exactly. And I think that makes sense because if like because we I don't think we've ever had the Mobius chair science or magic or whatever explained in comics. But if it knows everything and knows all, and it's like, all right, Batman's asking, like, all right, what is, who is the Joker? Then it's going to be like, all right, it's probably going to get all the information. And if it has three of the biggest events that Joker's ever been around, be like, oh, these three people see the Joker this particular way. Um, I would say that it's more than likely a personality thing because jo- that's going to be Joker is so genius or Joker is so crazy that of supernatural being can't even decipher the difference between these three characters or can't say that this is all one character with these three different personalities because they're so different see and that's where i get a little questionable on it being you know just three personalities and tricking the like like seriously the mobius chair is all-knowing and the fact that you're saying that the Joker can trick an all-knowing, like, entity, that's, I mean, that's a little OP. And we have the Joker- Batman that can beat Superman's ass. So, like, you know, like, these are the kind of characters that we're dealing with. I, I understand that. I, I understand that. But just, I understand that in light of everything... The Batman family, genre, universe, whatever, is, in most people's eyes, the perfect comic Mm -hmm. book creation. And to just have them legitimately top everything inside of this all-knowing universe and, like, ominent universe, it's just like, like, how do you beat that? Like, how, who's gonna be better than the Joker now? How can you write a story that's better than Joker? And how can you continue to write Joker if this is going to be the way he... Well, I mean, I think that's what everybody said with Snyder's run. And what everybody said after, you know, so-and-so's story. Like, everybody just... Everybody always thinks that this is the best Joker story. Like, we could easily say, you're not going to beat fucking, uh, you know, freaking... What's-his-name's run? Kraya. What the fuck? The guy we just saw. The guy we just read. No, not Tom King, because he didn't really have a Joker story. 
Um, the guy that did oh, Joker, uh, this, the one shot. Um, Warren Ellis. Oh God, Warren disgusting! Ellis? Don't degrade that Joker. Uh, the you... the the horror writer. The year yes, of the, the villain? horror writer. I'm forgetting his name right now. The one with the dog that gets shot. No, Warren, Warren Ellis is Ellis? writing the crappy grave story right now. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. It's it's not Jeff no, Lemire. It's, it's a horror writer, Carpenter or some shit. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. John Carpenter. I think that's who it is. Um, yeah, that it, it, that could easily be like, oh, that's one of the greatest Joker stories ever because it was great. Like it was such a good Joker story, but it wasn't an arc. It was just a one shot. Um, you will always be able to top stuff like that. You know what I mean? And I think it just yeah, it just it goes was John to show. Carpenter. Yeah, so John Carpenter. So I don't know. I, see, my thing is I don't ever look at it as in like just like, oh, that's so OP. Because it just depends on – you can always explain the science of things later. You know what I mean? Like because, again, we don't know how it works. Like it's so open-ended. Like if Mobius Chair knows all, then it didn't explain – it didn't tell him all three Jokers. Like, why didn't we get that? You know what I mean? Why didn't it just say, like, oh, yeah, that's uh, fucking John Bob. That is uh, Joe Chill. That is, like... That's why the chair is, like, alive in the sense where I'm pretty sure in the Rebirth number one issue or the, like, the special or whatever, it asked Batman which one. Mm -hmm. Like, it saw three Jokers. And so it asked... Bruce or Batman, which one do you want to know? Like, because it it's basically saying, "Hey, you know, if this is if this is Joker, and you're asking me who Joker is, well, there's three of them. So, which one do you want to know? Essentially, yeah, that's how Johns mm-hmm. wrote it. So, like, it's it's not as I can't even remember where I was getting at this, but it's just like. For me, reading yeah. that, like, it's not as if it's getting tricked. It knows that there's three in some sort of capacity. You know. Okay, so here's the thing, though, too, because again, I don't, I haven't read a lot about the Mobius chair. Everybody says it knows all, but is it not taking part of the host? Because if the Batman is, if Batman is saying, "Tell me who Joker is," Batman in this current time, has experienced a bunch of stuff with Joker, he lived through the Jason Todd thing, and he lived through the Barbara thing. So, if the Mobius chair is interacting with Bruce's mind, Bruce can see Joker as three different versions. See, and that's, I mean, from what we're seeing, because this is what I have read about the Mobius chair recently, right now, Wally West is in the Mobius chair. Now, it could essentially be a item that is outside of continuity to where it knows all of DC's history all the way from the original crisis to now or like you said it does feed off the host that it that sits on him because at the same time Wally this Wally that is in current time is technically from pre new 52 mm-hmm. and has been put into this timeline with those 15 years or whatever yeah. missing. So who knows at that yeah. point? They need to we need they need answers. to on that 15 year stuff cuz that doesn't make sense in my opinion. The 15 years thing just makes no sense in my opinion because there's 
so much like yeah and it doesn't make sense because of this reason because green lantern and mm-hmm. batman well i mean yeah Gen- because because jeff johns and scott snyder had both done really really good selling stories right before new 52 and they're like yeah i'm not i'm not starting all the way over yeah. there's no way and so DC was like, okay, okay, you can have your stories. Everything in the Batman universe and everything in the Green Lantern universe is still moving forward, but we still have to give a little bit of, like, number one insight, basically. Yeah. Which confused a lot of people. Now, with everybody else, they genuinely restarted. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you look at, let's say, Superman, the way he was brought up, you know, things that happened to him and everything else, like, they did not happen in the same steps or in the same way that pre-New 52 Superman was raised and how he got to where he became Superman. So when Wally came into the Rebirth, you know, storyline, he said, people didn't meet the way they were supposed to. Relationships haven't bonded the way they're supposed to. And that's why... You know, freaking uh, Superman, you know, and it it's convoluted because the pre-New 52 Superman was actually able to, like, go through a pocket universe during Convergence mm-hmm. and be in this realm, and then they combine the two. It gets really confusing. Yeah. Like, super confusing. So, like, it's genuinely something that I think DC has tried to move past. But there's so many people that are fixated on the story of Wally since Rebirth, yeah. which is something that Jeff John started. So hopefully, this story here, going back to Three Jokers, can give us a little bit of insight on what he was trying to do with that ending of Dark Side War, with Rebirth, with Three Jokers, and hopefully, hopefully he can make it make sense within continuity. Mm-hmm. So that way we can be like, okay. We're done with that. It was a good story. Bravo. Let's move forward type of thing. Yeah. Um, it just seems like Wally just ruins everything. See? Now it's a good thing Tom King killed him <laughs> in Heroes in Crisis. Um, but uh, anyways, yeah. I don't... So from what we've been told, or kind of the way Fabic has been talking about it, the audience is going to determine if this is canon or continuity. So, because it's oh, they're writing no. it in the vein of the Killing Joke, which a lot of people don't remember or were too young to remember. Uh, I mean, I was too young to remember that Killing Joke was a one shot. It was not supposed to be yeah. continuity, and it was so good. And they were like, "Fuck, this is a really good story. Let's bake it into the Batman universe." And that is why Barbara Gordon became Oracle and everything she did. Um, so yeah, so we'll see. Uh, because it says they're doing, they it says they wrote this as it was canon, but they're doing some things that might cause it to not be, or some shit like that, something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing, but uh, because yeah. they're gonna have some twists and turns apparently, or they're gonna do some crazy shit that might, you know, people might enjoy, people might not. So we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think. Because the one thing that has been happening a lot, and we've talked about it plenty of times on this podcast, a lot of great writers lately have not been sticking the landing on their stories. Granted, 
Jeff Johns seems to have been immune to that recently. His stories usually end pretty well. And you're just like, fuck, that was great. Um, but at the same time, he's not constantly writing stuff at the same time. So I think he has time to develop yeah. his stories. Um, and from what we heard, too, you know, a Doomsday Clock had to get changed a little bit. And even with the change, it still ended very well. So um, I think it's really good. And, and we'll see what happens here. You know, there's a lot of hype surrounding this. But I will say, if it ends with three separate Jokers, I will call bullshit. And I'll say it's shit. Um, it might be a great story, even, but I won't consider it I was going to say, even if it's a great story? If it's a great story, it's a great wow. story. I won't consider it continuity. If if I get to so DC you... and I can write for Batman, I will not acknowledge three Jokers in this universe. I won't do it. Not e- I mean, because honestly, they might correct it. Yeah. I mean, if, if they make three Jokers in, you know, because like I said, he can cop out and say, okay... Technically, it's not multiverse because we're dealing with the timeline on one Earth. And they say, okay, this Joker is from the Golden Age, this Joker is from the Silver Age, and this Joker is from the current age. I hate that. And, I mean... Because then, because then, why is there not another Batman from the Golden Age? Why isn't there not a Batman from this? Why isn't there not about that? You know what I mean? I mean... The same way you can say and, okay, I mean, and then why? Unfortunately, unfortunately, you can chop it up to no, because you would have um, to because then you if you're bringing in the timeline stuff, then everything's starting to fuck up. We saw that in Flashpoint. He he showed that. So if you're bringing in somebody from a different timeline, you're fucking up the timeline, and shit's gonna start going crazy. Jeff Johns has put that into DC continuity. Granted. We don't know what was going on with Tom King's, why the whole stuff didn't happen there. We don't know why that didn't yeah. start disintegrating or what. Or is it because that timeline fully got disintegrated, so now it doesn't matter? Like, they haven't explained how that works. But we're just going to assume that. But the thing is, even if it is a golden age and a whatever age, or whatever you want to do this, three separate Jokers, how did, how did one, none of them ever cross paths... And two, there's no way that those three Jokers, because you're going to tell me what, they all share the same memories, they all do the same thing. How do they all have a connection with Batman, Bruce, and and uh, Jason Todd that are all in the same family? They're not from different timelines. They've all been together. That is how this is going. Yeah. That, that, at that point, makes no sense. Like, it's so convoluted, it's stupid. So there's no way. Like, the most, like, in-depth heart like felt story that you can tell is that either Batman sees this as three different jokers, one that tried to like humiliate, destroy Barbara, one that killed one of his Robins, and then the one that has been tormenting his life the whole time he's been the Cape Crusader. Like it could be the way Batman sees three different ways, or it could be how each one of these characters, which I think this is gonna be more the road they go down, each of these characters sees Joker in a certain way. Jason Todd sees him as the person that either gave him perspective or showed him what life is like if he dies. You know, that's that. Barbara Gordon yeah. showed, you know, this is a guy that tormented her life, but maybe showed him that she can come back from anything. And then Bruce is going to have whatever his, like, arch enemy story is going to be. I think that's how it's going to go down there. And I I honestly think, I see feel like that is going to be more the story than him actually having three different personalities. But you could easily put those two together. 
Like, it could easily be three different personalities. That's why they all see him very differently. But I just don't see there being three physical Jokers being a good outcome. I don't see it being a good story in that way at all. Because then you you open up so many questions, just like the whole thing that just happened in Doctor Who, where finding out that the Doctor is this timeless child that has a madrillion generate regenerations, and now you're like, whoa, what about this and this and that and this and this and this and that? Like it opens so yeah. many questions, and you would do that with the Joker because then you're gonna have fans going through every single Joker story in history and saying which was this one, which was this one, which was this one. And if you're going to give me this golden age crap, and be like, well, it didn't look like the golden age when the book was writing. Like, you open so many questions, and you know comic book fans are going to say that. I mean, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I just can't see Jeff Johns being that stupid. Like, it would be such a bad... Calling yes, him stupid now? Stupid. Jeff Johns, I've met you before. I told you <laughs> you were great. But come on, man. If you were going to give us three separate Jokers... It you know that's gonna just add so much shit, and I'm pretty sure people tweet him all the time about this kind of continuity crap. So like, I mean he he has not been on Twitter like since basically after 2017 because yeah, he's smart. <laughs> like it's it's Twitter. <laughs> I just I've ma- I've mentioned it many a times. I'm not on Twitter anymore, but it it is a cesspool. Like you know what. It yeah, very much and, is. and it's the same thing too. Like, and and I'll mention this because again, because YouTube comments are the same way. But I did have that conversation with on my latest video. Okay, and if you're listening to this, look, it's a good conversation. <laughs> but I knew uh. where we were going with this conversation, so I ended it on my video. But I was talking to somebody in the comments on my latest video, and they just asked why Jim Gor- why not Jim Gordon? And I was like, what like what about Jim Gordon? And they're like, why isn't he in this story? And I was like, because he's not, he hasn't been affected by Joker the way these three characters have been affected by Joker. And this person's mentality was that I disagree with that. I think Jim Gordon has been affected by all of these characters, has been affected Joker just as much as these characters. Because, you know, it was his daughter that got shot and he's fought alongside Batman when Joker's doing all this stuff. He thinks that Joker, that Jim Gordon has as much trauma as these other characters. I personally don't believe that because Gordon has not had stuff done to him the way these three characters have had stuff done to him by Joker. He's been the third party in all of this. And I I think, you know, going through my own personal stuff in life, yes, you can definitely be affected by somebody going through something, somebody you care about being affected by something, but you're not that person. Like... You know, like you're not the one suffering through a disability. You're not the one suffering through the death of a loved one if you weren't personally connected. Like if you're, you know, if your sister loses their husband or something like that, like, yeah, it's going to affect you because your sister's in pain, but you're not feeling your sister's pain that just lost somebody she loved. You know what I mean? For sure. For sure. And, you know, the whole thing with that is, you know, you're absolutely right. You know, there has been times, you know, the one thing that I thought of just now is, you know, one of the opening, I'm pretty sure it's one of the opening issues on Snyder's run mm. is, like, Joker kills the entire, like, office of the GCPD. Like, do you remember that? Yeah, something along those Where lines. He, he kills a bunch of people to get his face back. He kills, like, yeah, he kills everybody in the GCPD, 
like in the office, not necessarily everybody on patrol, but everybody in the office except for Batman and Gordon. Yeah. yeah. And that's terrifying. And I understand that that could be like psychologically like really, you know, messing up Gordon. But at that point, it was all a game for Joker. Yeah. The stuff that he did to Barbara, the stuff that he did to Jason, the stuff that he's done to Batman, that's all been personal. And in a way, it's all for Batman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's why Batman, I think, would be affected the most. And and if you're going to use that idea, right, because we were talking about this at work, if you're going to use that idea of like, oh, you're getting emotionally affected by something that's happening around you, you can use that for everybody. Because then I can throw that same amount of pain to top your gordon idea that barbara has barbara was there or i don't depending on continuity whatever going with barbara's around when it happens to jason you know freaking when he dies she knows about the story of jason dying so she knows how how it affected batman same thing with you know when uh you know freaking she's she sees how joker goes after batman how she does thing with death in the family you know what i mean she was there she was a part of it she Mm -hmm. knows that feeling and so like and depending on what continuity we're going with and i think right now gordon knows she's batgirl but doesn't really want to know she's batgirl from my understanding yeah kind of playing coy yeah um she goes through more shit than he probably sees because go, you know she's as much as they don't as much as a bat family never wants to admit of being like batman they are when it comes to lying like they hold back yeah. a lot of stuff from other people that they care about because they know hey i got to hold this in or it's going to get them hurt so gordon doesn't know a For lot sure. of the stuff that barbara's been through so i would argue that jeff john's idea here which he's taking three of the most iconic stories from the joker and putting them into one book. And I think that's a really great story. And unfortunately, there hasn't been a story that has revolved around Gordon. And anything that has, like Snyder tried to do one recently and I think failed pretty pretty badly with the Batman Who Laughs. I don't... Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. That is not a story people are going to be like, oh my god, dude, the way he freaking made Gordon go crazy with the Batman Who Laughs. Like, nobody's going to say that. Everybody doesn't even talk about yeah, that no. run, to be honest. Because, honestly, the continuation of it has not been great. Yeah. Like, he is technically still infected, and it's not doing anything for the character. Yeah. And not doing anything for the connective characters. Yeah. You know, they they have played around with it a little mm-hmm. bit. You know, with uh, Barbara getting mad at Bruce for not telling her that he was infected or yeah. whatever. But it's just small little things. So, yeah, it's unfortunately, Gordon is an important character to Batman. We're not saying yeah, that he's not. 100%. But he's not an important person to Joker. No, he's not. He like, doesn't that's, care. That's what it comes down to it. Yeah. He so. cares about the Bat family. And I would argue that Barbara is... Batman probably cares about Barbara more than he cares about Jim Gordon. I now that might be a little rough. A lot of people be like, "No way, bro!" But he's never offered Jim, like Jim Gordon's never like stepped into the. Well, he has stepped into the suit, but he's never like part of the Bat family. You know what I mean? He always kept at arm's yeah. distance, where he literally has let Barbara know everything about him. Like you know what I mean? Like that is some yeah. trust there. And Gordon has went... We're not talking about Last Night on Earth, by the way. <laughs> yeah, oh, let's cause... not go there. <laughs> um, but, like, that—that that is a level of trust that Batman doesn't have with a lot of people. You know what I mean? 
He hasn't brought Gordon sure. to the cave from anything that I can anything I can remember remotely recently. Not talking about last night on Earth. Yeah, we don't. That's <laughs> because yeah. te- technically, technically, that's far off in the future. Anyway, yeah, but so. like in recent continuity, that is not Black Label. We'll put that out there. In the last yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe decade, even I don't. I cannot recall a story where Gordon has been taken to the cave. Like, I genuinely can't. No. I genuinely can't. No. And if somebody is listening to this and you can be like, oh, dude, you got to check out this story, I'm always glad to be wrong. If you can show me the proof, I'm always glad to be wrong. I don't, I have no problem being corrected. But from my knowledge, I don't ever recall Gordon ever going to the cave. I don't think anybody outside, like, the only person that has been in the cave recently that is not like a superhero is Sophia from Batman and the Outsiders. Which right now. she is technically a hero of powers now, so yeah. yeah, but she's not a hero yeah. yet. So I'm just saying, technically, if we're gonna go in that route, she is technically the only person without powers. Yeah. Uh R. I. P. Mm-hmm. Pennyworth. But uh Yeah. I mean Unfortunately, I think that I think things can get complicated if Gordon outright knows. Yeah, uh, and I think Bruce knows that. I think Barbara knows that, and I think it's best. F- I th- it has a little bit of that like, ooh, what happens when he eventually does confront Bruce about it? Yeah, you know. So it leaves that tension for like, ooh, he's gonna find out. Ooh, he's gonna find out. But like we've said recently, he seems to be playing coy to the idea yeah. that Barbara might be Batgirl. Yeah, and and again, that doesn't mean Batman loves him any less or anything like that, but it's just when you spend enough time with people, you grow an attachment to them. And I would say that obviously Barbara wasn't a badass from the start. She trained with Batman, meaning they spent a lot of time together. Depending on what continuity and yeah. what films you watch, they've gotten really close. So, Bruce, Tim, you weird <laughs> son of a It gun. wasn't only him, though. Because <laughs> before that came out, there was the animated series comic where he banged her and she Which was pregnant. Which is still a... Yeah, but that's still part of Bruce is, Tim's universe. It's his universe, but like, did he I'm pretty write sure, it? I think he was still a consultant on it. Because you know how over time it goes to just like, oh yeah, my name's just on it, but I'm not in control of yeah. anything. But I, I'm pretty sure somebody, because I just recently mm-hmm. saw that, because somebody put those panels where she was pregnant and that scene from the animated movie that recently yeah. got uh, came out, they put them together and said that Bruce was a part of both projects. Oh. So yeah, I mean, it's possible. I don't know. I don't. I've seen the panels from the comic book, and I've like skimmed through it, but I don't. I couldn't tell you who wrote it or who drew it. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, I don't it even is know the if animated. those are on like the DC universe. Yeah, app. it's the animated uh, style. So yeah, definitely, and that's when we revealed that. So, anyways, so yeah, I would say that. I could, you could make an argument that he cares more about Barbara than he does Jim Gordon, but it's because he can't be open with Gordon the way he would want to be. Yeah. Um, and I think that's yeah. the only really fighting factor there because I, I, he genuinely cares about Gordon. I'm not going to argue against that. And I'm not going to say Gordon hasn't been through some shit. But at the same time, when you got to take into account when these things happen to these people, too, in this story, Jason was a teenager and was beaten to shit. With a crowbar by the Joker, yeah. and Batman didn't kill him to revenge to avenge and, him. 
it was it was an early teenager yeah. at that. Like he wasn't just like some like oh I'm coming into an adult. Like he was like I believe still like anywhere from fifteen to seventeen. Yeah. So it really f- fucked with his yeah. mind to know that Batman did quote unquote nothing to Joker. Yeah, exactly. So and so that's gonna that's gonna be his trauma too. And Barbara is I would assume fairly young, either like. 18 to 20 maybe in Killing Joke, you would assume. Um, she yeah. could even be a teenager too. But I, I feel like she's along the lines of Dick Grayson, so she's probably in early 20s or 20-ish yeah. around that. So, yeah, so these are very young. You're so, like, I know a lot of people think 20 is probably like adulthood, but you're still so young at 20. That's so yeah. young. And to go through something to where you have walked on this earth for 20 years and then you're paralyzed and you have to think like, I'm never going to walk again. Like, and you were a superhero protecting people. And what are you going to do now? Like granted, I know we know of some people that would make strong arguments against that, but we're just saying like, (laughs) if you are somebody that has been doing something, you know, um, (laughs) if you've been doing something for so long and you're so used to it and you go through something traumatic that you're never going to be able to do that again, it fucks you up. Like, I don't care who you are. Nobody just wakes out of bed. It's going to be a good day today. Like, you don't do that. You go through fucked up shit and then you hopefully get to a point in your life where you're okay with your new situation. And so, like, that is what that if Jeff Johns taps into all of that stuff in the story i'll love it like if he can play on those hard emotions and see how these characters got through it how they all came together or how they all got torn apart by this i think that would be an amazing story see but see i feel like it has to have fluidity Mm -hmm. because just having a story about like i'm jason todd and i'm gonna tell you the story about my joker yeah i get that and then it ends and then the third book is i'm barbara gordon and this is the story about my joker yeah that would like suck. it's it's just gonna feel it would it would feel yeah. weird, and so I really want there to be a legitimate story where they can kind of look back at that stuff and still talk about it, yeah. Rather than it just be like, hey, this is my case file. Hey, this is my case file. Hey, this is my yeah. case file. Yeah, I thing. agree with that. It does have to be a solid story, but we've seen from John's he's pretty good at telling a story, even if there is flashbacks. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I'm excited for this. I know this was gonna be a majority of the podcast, anyways, talking about this. But, um, you know what? I'm super excited. We only have to wait till June. I hope there's no delays in this because of the coronavirus. Like, I'm genuinely <laughs> hoping not that would not happen. But uh, we'll wait and see. But it's Jeff Johns. We don't get a lot hey, of work. Hey, everything... Hey, the coronavirus is going to make comics go strictly digital. How fucked up is that? That would be interesting. That would be interesting. Um... Oh man, that would be that would make the printed ones that they're gonna print even more expensive. Like, so yeah. that would be interesting. But yeah, they're not gonna pass up on that. I wonder, like, how <laughs> I want to see how this is affecting comic shops or if people even care. Like, because I feel like nerds don't give a fuck. They're just like, yeah, I'm gonna go into the shop. Well, no, I just well, I was kind of thinking that today. Now, if I haven't heard this on the podcast, I'm pretty sure we have because we kind of talked about how me and Juice met. Uh, I've said it before in prior comics. Uh, now, this is something that I was thinking about because, you know, all the delays and such. I thought about my time at the comic yeah. shop. And from Sunday to Tuesday... It is yeah. dead. 
D E A D dead. Mm-hmm. Wednesday, it's packed from the time we open. And I say we yeah. like I'm still there. From the from the time it opens to about noon, maybe even before yeah. noon. So there is a there is an hour and a half rush Who's basically in the beginning eight, of though? y'all open at eight. Y'all used to open eight or no 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 oh, no okay. ten okay. ten sorry did I say eight? No right, I don't sorry. know I I just ten, I would have figured a lot of places open that early you know what I mean so yeah yeah they opened at ten. Mm-hmm. Then there's, like I said, a small little rush for like an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a constant flow through Wednesday. Yeah. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, dead. <laughs> like, like, it, Except it for is the what it is. Now, nerds. Yeah, you know, there there are big days for when there's tournaments for card games and things like that. And I will say, I didn't believe it at first, but... The packed parking lot uh-huh. brings in a bigger crowd for the other side because people are like, "Oh, what's going on there? Why is it so packed? Let's go check it out." Oh, really? So, yeah. So, if there are days where there's a huge packed, you know, game, mm-hmm. whether it be Magic, Pokemon, whatever, we do get us, you know, comic shops do get a pretty big crowd yeah. uh, going in throughout the day, but for the majority of the time. Oh my god, it is so hard to be busy <laughs> at a comic shop when it's not Wednesday. Yeah, I could see that. It it really is. That's so, probably why that place moves around know, so much, huh? Because they're constantly changing the layout. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we we needed to stay busy, so they'd be like, okay, go do this project, yeah. go do this project. Hey, change this up a little bit. And... Juice, you have seen the comic shop. It's it massive. Huge. Everybody gets now, like you, when they see my old video from when I recorded in there, they're like, "Dude, that shop's massive." Now imagine a regular comic shop. Yeah, it's just how boring it is. Yeah, yeah. and it's probably just as dead. And so you know that's why comic book retailers are so excited when they get new faces into the shop. Mm-hmm. They're like. Finally, somebody who could possibly come in more than just one day. Yeah. Let's kind of try to bring them in multiple times. You know, yeah, that'd be interesting. I used to go into the shop so like twice a week just for one day. Was yeah, so I genuinely don't think that the coronavirus will really matter mm-hmm. to uh, you know, comic yeah. shops at all. But I will say. You know, I thought it was going to happen, and it did. I saw it just when we were looking up articles. Uh, you would ask me to see if I found anything. Yeah. Diamond, which is the retailer for comics, they canceled their retail summits. Ah. So, Diamond Retail Summits is where a lot of creators and publishers go to, and they talk to the comic shops about what's coming up in the future of comics. Yeah. So, that can affect comics in the sense of if the retailers don't know what's going to happen, they can't upsell any comics, you know? So that's when it can get kind of crazy. Man, DC is catching so many breaks with this 5G thing. Coronavirus is saving DC right now. (laughs) It it really is. It really, really is. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, that's at this moment, this is where technology and social media this is the time for them to legitimately evolve and say hey you know what this is how we're gonna make announcements from now on 
we're going live on Twitter and have like some sort of like almost news broadcast type thing. Have Jim Lee there. Have you know the head of AT and T making these announcements and doing all sorts of stuff. This is what they could do. But I mean, people are such in a panic right now. They're everybody's running around with their heads cut off. Yeah, for sure. I think this is actually a good segue into uh, what we're going to talk about next because a uh, little comment I made there that DC is being saved by this is there's since we talked about it on the podcast before Dan Didio's uh, sudden disappearance from DC, um, or I should say departure because disappearance means like they kidnapped him and sent him away. <laughs> 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 departure because he's still out there. Um, a lot of people were like, well, what's going to happen with 5G, which is what we were talking about. The main thing you guys would know if, you, if you're if you blanking on 5G right now is basically the Black Batman and a bunch of these reboots that will be coming out for aged up characters or whatever. Predominantly on this yes. podcast, you would know it as the Black Batman. That's where it would be being yes. affected in 5G. So now we haven't heard anything about this. I was talking to Clay about it today. That I was like, we're, what, five issues into, six issues into Tinian's run? Haven't heard anything mm-hmm. about Luke Fox yet. We thought that was going to be shoehorned in way earlier. Haven't heard anything about him. Yep. And he's supposed, he's rumored to be the next Black Batman. And um, what's happening now, what we're seeing is we're seeing nothing about 5G, but we're seeing a bunch of Batman and other mini what would you call them mini universes uh continuities uh uh mini imprints mini imprints there you go is 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 what i would call these things yeah so um we have one which we talked about at the end of last week's podcast which is the murphy verse which so if you liked you know white knight curse the white knight uh any of that they're gonna start doing a nightwing harley quinn and batgirl book in that universe so you'll be able to get more content from there it just got announced what today Yesterday? When was this announced? I believe it was yesterday. Be- yes, okay, it was yesterday 11th. because I did I did make a uh, well. Well, I mean, uh, on this no, article because... that I'm seeing, it says the 11th. It was posted on the 11th. Yes. So it uh, it was posted on the 11th, but I believe uh, was the 11th. It was a uh, it was Tuesday. Uh, okay. Cool. Tuesday was when yeah was when uh, a lot of conversations had mm-hmm. started. Yeah. So it was Tuesday. The tenth okay, so. is when uh, all this news kind of broke. Yeah, loose. it came out that Tom Taylor, so Tom Taylor, who I would say arguably is one of the better writers that is consistently writing in comics right now. Yes, is one of the better writers yes. out there right now. He's and he works for Marvel and DC. So if you're somebody that needs a guy that writes on both because you love both, check out Tom Taylor's stuff. Now I will say, recently, mm-hmm. as recently as the end of his. Uh, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. Tom Taylor is doing nothing at Marvel. At the oh, moment. really? He was doing a lot and for a long time, though. He was doing a lot for a long time, but he was playing both fields mm-hmm. for a long time, especially with his continued work on Injustice and yeah. all of that. But at the moment, he only has projects at DC, and it seems like he is continuing more projects at DC, even after the stuff that you we're going to be talking about You think that he's today. like exclusive but not contractually exclusive i think i feel like that's what a lot of people would want to keep the door open just in case now i will say because of this whole idea of a 5g in the realm of possibility Mm -hmm. i think tom taylor is attracted to that idea just so that way he can be known for creating new characters yeah because 
I think he did a lot of that in X Men mm-hmm. or not X Men uh, Marvel because he, I think he created uh, Gabby, which is the clone of X twenty three, which is technically the daughter of Wolverine. Her name She's is Gabby. A hit character. Hey, is she yeah, a Latina in that series or no? I don't know if I think technically Gabby would be because I think Lauren is, uh-huh. which is who X twenty three is. Uh, I think she's like mixed. Okay. So I think so. Mm. I think so. Uh, but yeah, Gabby is uh, is a really hit character. Uh, her she chose her X Men name, mm-hmm. which is I believe Honey Badger. Oh, it was wow. a hilarious issue. Yeah. No, it it is kind of mm-hmm. cute and it's hilarious just because she's a really funny character. Uh, she's of course a clone, so she's trying to learn about yeah. the world, but. I mean, everybody loved that series. Everything, everybody loves everything that Tom Taylor touches. It's just something he he is an it boy for basically comics. To be completely yeah, honest. I'm really enjoying the Suicide Squad run, which I haven't enjoyed Suicide Squad in a while. Not because I thought any of the previous stuff was bad. It just wasn't interesting to me to keep up with it. Um, and there's a yes. lot of issues that there's a lot of stuff that I would like to keep reading. I just don't have the time. You know, you pick and choose kind of like all the Batgirl. I mean, I read Batgirl when I have time, but like I didn't keep up with the Red Hood stuff. And um, there's yeah. I'm interested now that the you know, what do they call them? The Dark Trinity is back. Like, I enjoy that. Yeah. But anyways, with Tom Taylor, uh, his recent hit was Deceased, which we absolutely loved for five and three quarters issues, I could say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we just didn't yeah. think he stuck the landing, but it wasn't the worst ending or anything like that. We just thought it could have been better. But those first five issues sure. were like, oh, my God, bro. I was like, dude, you're so going to cry on this next issue. And, like, that's exactly <laughs> how we were, like, reading Tom Taylor stuff. And I think it was great. But uh, it turns out that he's getting his own little universe now. With this next yes. book, so he's currently writing Unkillables, which is basically all the villains in uh, that are left on the planet or during the time, right? During. Yeah, yeah. So it is it is a three issue story that is going alongside the original yeah. story. So it kind of shows like in the background what the villains were yeah, doing the for whole sure. time. And um, well, it's just been announced recently that we're going to be getting Deceased Two, and it is more than likely going to be called Deceased dead planet um and yes. from my which isn't there a video game called dead planet? anything about dead space yeah. oh that's probably what i'm so thinking um yes. so what i they don't really give a lot of information here it just says that um on the facebook page it says including damian wayne's batman green arrow hawk girl and john kent's superman is what it says on this. And it says in the same post, Taylor yes. revealed that Trevor Harrison and Rain Harrison and Rain yeah. Barado Barado, his collaborators on DC would be illustrating this upcoming series. So So everybody who did work on mm-hmm. Deceased, so the same creative team is gonna be working on uh Deceased Two. Now uh they did have a little bit more insight uh yesterday uh-huh. technically. Uh they did say that they are going to look back at what our current yeah. Earth looks like with all the deceased mm-hmm. heroes. Uh, but we are getting a grown-up Justice League. for Because like we saw at the end of yeah. Deceased, they went on to a new Earth. So this Earth has a grown-up John Kent, a, dro- a grown-up Damian mm-hmm. Wayne, 
uh, a grown-up Cassie. Yeah, which is the Wonder uh, Woman character. Yeah. And then, of course, we will see uh, Diana, or Dinah yeah. Lance, as the Green Lantern Which was one of the still. standouts from that book. Like, everybody's like, yes! Yes. There was, there is people, there are still people still cosplaying as that character today. Yeah. Like, it was a big hit. And I am still waiting for a statue. That would be good. Of be the Green Canary. That would be absolutely amazing. Yeah. But, you know, uh, there's a lot of talk about this. There, There's people that are 50-50 about it because a lot of us fans are worried that we're going to be getting a whole lot of these imprints and nothing with the main continuity because, like we said, 5G seems to be falling through. Yeah. And I, I, how, what do you? How do you feel about this? So look, I I believe Tom Taylor is starting to become somebody like Tom King that I will just read his stuff. I think it's just a Tom name. I think Toms are cool. Tims are shit <laughs> from my life experience. Uh, but uh, if you're a Tim out there, I hope you break that stereotype for me. But I've met a lot of bad Tims. Um, but creatively, like Tom Taylor has been one of the best. Like I said, now I haven't read a lot of his Marvel stuff, but I was like, I was like, oh, Tom Taylor, like I'd read that. But, you know, like mm -hmm. I've enjoyed a lot of the stuff he does because it's shocking without overdoing it. Like, it's shocking with good story, too. Like, you feel when that person dies. It's not like, oh, man, that person died? What? Like, it's not like that. It's like, oh, my God. Like, what? Like, it's that kind of emotion, which... And that and that has become something of his, like, forte. Wait, yeah. Uh, a, a, a lot of people have realized that he plays the card of, oh, I'm going to kill somebody in yeah. this issue. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to kill somebody Much in like this Tom issue. King does the depressing, and... like, heartfelt stories. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, for yeah. me, it's worked every single time, whether it be a shocking death, whether it be an emotional death, whether it be like a what-the-fuck type yeah. thing. They've all worked out for me. Now, for me, I am going to enjoy this because we get to hear a story where John aged correctly <laughs> yeah. through the passing of time. Yeah. And we also get to see... Damien as Batman as a grown-up and it, he doesn't look demonizing just like every reiteration of grown-up yeah, Damien not, has looked he's not wearing the trench coat and I'm very curious at where Alfred's at like I wonder if he'll still be here or if he'll have passed on or like what the situation is yeah um I will point it's... out because I'm pretty sure an artist or the art this creative team drew this fairly recently because this is just a one page thing so i doubt this has been drawn maybe it has been drawn for months but did you notice that damian wayne's batman has sh the shoulder pads from the robert pattinson's uh batman yeah so i was like mm, yeah. i wonder if they took some inspiration from that but also uh because i think another uh page has come out Mm -hmm. uh, and it's also the character is also in that page that I think you're looking at. Uh -huh. uh, Constantine is there. Yeah. And if a lot of people were following the deceased story, they had a one shot that had to deal with Constantine, Mister Miracle, Big Barda, yeah. Mister Terrific, Booster Gold, B Blue Beetle. Everybody was like, "How the hell are they just gonna leave that story strangled, like just like left there and not really finish it?" I think this is the story where we're finally gonna see what happened at the end of that and yeah. it's going to continue on to disease too so you know for all of us who thought oh they just throw that in there with a really like 
like it was a cliffhanger ending yeah. that we thought was going to be you know finished in the finale of deceased to finally get the ending of that will be cool too yeah that'll be pretty cool i'm excited for this so is from my, correct me if i'm wrong because uh, I, I haven't read anything about this like you showed it to me and i was like that looks cool but are they grown up and they're going back to the original earth is that i do not know now i don't know if you know somebody was left behind mm-hmm. and that's why we're going to be looking at some of the heroes that have already been turned yeah or if this justice league because a lot of people are calling them the new justice league yeah. has been put to the task of seeing if their earth is going to be inhabitable again mm-hmm. so who knows yeah, it would be really interesting to see what happens because I kind of feel like I cuz I don't know I don't know if this was just a random like panel or something, but I saw like zombified Batman somewhere. And I was just like, yes. why is it that? It was the same it was it was the same panel as when he was in the Mr. Freeze suit. Uh-huh, yeah. If you look closely, it's the same thing. It was that panel. Oh, okay. Yeah. It yeah. was a montage of all those panels mm-hmm. because you got to see like when Hal was turned, when Wonder Woman was turned. You got to see the decapitated head of Cyborg. Oh, okay, all yeah. that stuff. So uh, it was basically just a montage of when all the characters had turned, basically. Yeah. Nice. So we we will see, you know. And I don't know when we are getting this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just something that. Uh, Tom Taylor was very eager to throw out there. Yeah. Um, and to date, you know, Tom Taylor has said this is up there with, you know, Injustice and even his uh, Netflix series called The Deep. So I've been seeing a lot a, about that. Oh, it's a kid's show, right? Yeah. It's a kid's show. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's based off of something he has also written. Oh, okay. And I could be wrong about that, but mm-hmm. I know that it's a really big hit on Netflix, yeah. and I think it's had like multiple seasons. Nice. So I think that's very cool of him uh, to be able to do that, and I, you know, I I think he deserves this. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. Um, hopefully it's hopefully it's not something that is beaten into the ground too much. Yeah. Because personally, I feel like Curse the White Knight came in a little too quickly after the ending of just the regular White mm-hmm. Knight. Uh, Which but I know DC wants answers to. <laughs> but I I know that right now DC is hurting for good sales. Yeah. So they yeah. are wanting to push out um, anything. Yeah, and everything we had a whole that will print money basically. Yeah, for sure. We had, we had a huge argument last week about what DC and Marvel might be doing. Uh, to push out so oh, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that yeah. was something yeah um but anyways uh <laughs> yeah i'm excited about this this is gonna be really cool so uh another random thing you guys might want to look into uh we saw scott snyder's next batmobile that is gonna be in death metal which apparently batman's gonna get a monster truck and uh a lot of people are saying that reminds them of mad max fury road yeah i mean they're definitely pulling from that like that yeah. whole series which i thought didn't like i don't know if it was snyder and murphy didn't they kind of do like a mad max type story like during snyder's run or something like that? it was like one of the one shots or something i just remember batman being like hanging off a car or something like that Some, i don't know i think murphy drew it i think it was like the future story I, maybe 
I can't, can't remember. Yeah, I don't know. But I know they're like both of them are really obsessed with like cool cars and in Batman and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, for so, sure. Um, you know what? Death Metal is gonna be weird and outlandish. So I'm whatever. Like Batman has, he's actually drawn some crazy stuff before with Batman too. Because I remember it was, was it? It was like metal. There was two of them before the actual metal story, like Forage and something else. Forage and um, something with a C, I think. I don't remember. But I don't. Know. I remember it was all of the Justice League trying to chase after Batman, and the Bat Family were all distractions. And there was like this big thing Damien was driving through the freaking like. Oh no, that was metal. That was. I thought that was like one of the early issues though, like because it was the part of the metal story. But like there was two one shots before the actual metal story. Oh, uh, the Forge and I don't remember the. It, I want to say it started with the C. But um, cattle. It wasn't catalyst because that's that's something different. But uh, yeah. Anyways, I want to say that's when that happened because it was very early on. Um, but yeah, like Damien was driving some like mo- massive truck through the freaking woods or something like that, or like the jungle. It looked like a swamp. Yeah, yeah. and so like yeah, you know, Snyder loves like these big crazy Batman monstrosity vehicles, which I'm totally cool with because I feel like Batman would buy that kind of shit anyways and supercharge it. Like, he could buy a dump truck and supercharge that shit, you know, if he needed it. Um, so, yeah. I have no problem with that. I just thought it was very interesting. I was like, oh, shit, a monster truck? That's cool. But it's also, it's the dark multiverse. So, they probably have crazy freaking things, you know what I mean? So, uh, I'm yeah. excited to see where that's going to go. Because I've been kind of sour on Snyder's runs or his stuff lately. So, I'm kind of hoping, I loved Metal. I absolutely loved Metal. So, I'm hoping Death Metal, you know, is going to bring me back to, like, the good graces of Snyder. So we'll see what's going on with that. Um, We have three things to review, but I think let's kind of just, let's brush through Robin and um, brush through Outsiders, and then we'll just talk about Catwoman at the end. Um, So uh, one thing, what what is DC calling these? Like These are uh, facsimiles. It's uh, the Detective Comics 3... Yeah, I don't Gosh. even remember. I can't remember the one off the top yeah. of my head. I it's have basically it the first here. appearance of Robin. And yes. um uh issue thirty eight, sorry. Yeah. It was issue thirty eight Detective Comics. About fifteen pages you said, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's the first issue of Robin and uh I read this on a whim because like I was very curious because I thought Robin eightieth was coming out very soon. I thought I was like oh this has like eighty something pages, maybe this is it. So I was like, maybe they're just opening with the first, you know, the first story. And it was just a random ass thing. The thing I loved about this, though, is they printed everything from that original comic. Like the advertisements were in that thing, which that was really cool. And I was like, oh, which is which is what the facsimiles are. They are legitimately just like the reprint from that issue. Uh, Just because, you know, eventually there's going to be a there's going to be a time where Detective 38 uh, the original copy of those are going to be very limited yeah. just because of the deterioration of what time does to books. Yeah. And eventually, there's going to be no, recollect- no recollection to what that book looked like. Yeah. So they print out these facsimiles and sell them. Of course, they sell them at what comics would be costing today. Mm-hmm. But that's, you know, that's what, you know, the cost, you know, comes yeah. with, you know, with getting such a feeling 
of nostalgia with For this sure. book, and I really do enjoy. Yeah, it. and every once in a while, they'll this will be like free comic book day book or something like that. Um, they have twenty five cent comic books every once in a while, just as a gimmick uh, to yeah. that you would hopefully buy when you go buy your weekly stuff. Which I think is cool for them to do. But yeah, so basically this was the first appearance of Robin. And I loved reading this because, like, I don't mind. I know a lot of people are like, oh, I can't stand campy Batman. Like, I have no problem with it because I respect the era. I wouldn't want to see that stuff today, like, in our movies. Unless you were doing I a will full say, campy Batman. Golden Age books are always hard for me to read. Yeah. Now... Just because of the way the dialogue is, the way the art is, I can respect it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is the very first action comic. So I'm going to read this and be like, mm-hmm. wow, this is this is something else. But just like reading this story, it just like really made me laugh. Because, at, you know, we get the origin of Dick Grayson. Yeah. You know, the whole thing with him at, you know, the Flying Graysons. And then we get the death of the Flying Graysons, his parents. And then out of nowhere, legitimately, you know... Dick Grayson is like listening in on something, and then poof, there's yeah. Batman. He's just like, "I'm gonna help you." Yeah, like I'm like, wait, he like abducts him like, so quickly. <laughs> um, yeah, it was so like it was so good. And I will say this though, because like have, you've read Watchmen and you've read Crisis on Infinite Earths, right? Those are very yes. hard reads because they're so yes, long. They are. But yes. I will say I felt like reading this facsimile was a lot easier than reading those. But those also had a lot of dialogue and, like, dialogue boxes and, like, quotations and thought bubbles. So, like, it's just so much to read those. But I felt like I yeah. read this one pretty easily. Um, but, yeah, I loved freaking uh, Zuko. Like, ah, I'm going to go get that kid, see? And I'm going to go ahead and beat yeah. that, see? Like, I loved how every <laughs> sentence ended with that. And I was like, dude, I was like, oh, like man. old, like freaking Dick yeah. Tracy type villains. It was, it's absolutely yeah, it was awesome. So good. Now, I will say uh, one thing that I remembered mm-hmm. from Detective 1000 really actually calls back to this uh-huh. issue. Um, there is a story about, you know, Dick Grayson uh, being sworn in to yeah. Robin. Uh, and and just that whole story. I think we pretty much gushed all over it whenever mm-hmm. we talked about it. Uh, I can't remember if it was actually here on the podcast. I don't know. Uh, or if you, I I think you may have been on a comic book Legion podcast. Yeah, when we maybe about because it. I don't think this podcast but existed when One Thousand Detective out. Yeah. came out. Yeah, no, I don't think so. But there's a panel in mm-hmm. here where you see Batman and Robin holding up a hand and basically swearing. Uh, swearing uh, Dick Grayson yeah. in. Now there is actually a page oh, that actually does yeah. the exact same thing nice. at the very end of the De- Detective One Thousand. I just re- I saw the candle. I'm like, whoa! I think I've seen yeah. this before. And so I grab my one. It like I think I have like ten copies of Detective One Thousand. Really? Covers. Yeah, I think I have more <laughs> than ten. To be completely I have honest, the uh, one about from the shop, and I have uh, the one with he has all the girls around him. I think that I have yeah. that issue. Yeah. 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 I I think I have majority of all of them that went on sale. Did uh, you so, buy that many of Superman's? Uh no, <laughs> because I it came up so fast uh-huh. and I wasn't able to. Oh, okay. So I'm like I unfortunately I know that Detective One Thousand will probably gain more value. Yeah. So I was like 
Let me let me go ahead and buy all these. Nice. So I bought a whole bunch. That's a cool. I didn't. Uh, uh, yeah, I would say that I remembered that. Um, I have to read that because there was a lot of good stories in there. We were just talking about Kevin Smith's earlier today. Um, but yeah, Detective One Thousand had a lot of good stories in it. But that's a cool, cool. They really did. There. Yeah. So I I remember that. But it, you know, within that, you know, there was this conversation that. Batman was having with Dick Grayson saying, hey, you know, I'm going to help you, uh, you know, take justice back, you know, for your parents. And we have to swear to be on the righteous path to justice. And, you know, it really did have the campiness, but it was like, this is awesome. This is like the first story of Dick Grayson. Yes. Now, you know, I do have to say, though, when I was reading the issue, there comes a point where kind of like. It's no longer a Dick Grayson story where it's just like Batman's taking over and Mm -hmm. for like five pages it's just like nothing but Batman like basically wrecking havoc to all these mobsters. Oh, I love that when he throws the table at him and shit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was awesome, dude. And then and then near the end they're like, Oh wait, this is supposed to be a Dick Grayson story. Let me go ahead and bring Dick Grayson back. So he brings Dick Grayson back near the very end. And they're on like an unfinished mm-hmm. building with like all like these scaffolding like, and stuff uh, like that. Yeah. scaffolding and stuff. And then Robin just comes swinging in and starts kicking in people, and they're all disappearing. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, Robin is kicking yeah. these people off the scaffolding, and they're all dying. Yeah, dude, I I thought of that exactly too because he's like hanging on a beam, and the guy's gonna like step on his finger or something like that, and he does like a swoosh around the beam and kicks him off. And I'm like, did he just no, kill a but- guy? <laughs> yeah, but it's really funny because when that exact panel they're yeah. talking about, it actually says that Robin kicked him into the oh. face. <laughs> That's what I appreciate about old comics, man. See, like it's I think Ugh. you could get people to appreciate that kind of stuff like in modern time, like make a a campy cartoon, you know what I mean? Like with current humor but that kind of campiness, you know what I mean? I never watched Brave and yeah. the Bold, but was it like that? Yes. Okay. So Brave and the Bold is the most annoying, perfect <laughs> Batman I think I have ever seen. Yeah. Now, I haven't seen all of it from start to finish, but whenever it was on, I would always you know, turn the channel to that. Yeah. Uh, and I know it's on DC Universe. I want to go back and watch it. Uh because the same voice actor for Batman and the Harley Quinn show is the Batman that was on Brave and oh, Bold. Nice. Um, he and even at, there's at one point I can't remember his actual name, but the Rainbow Batman. Yeah, yeah, I don't uh, remember it either. Is is in an episode and it's played by Kevin Conroy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of cameo voices that come into the show. Yeah. Uh, you talking about the rainbow, yeah, it, like the multiple rainbow suits, or like the no, one no, no, is actually like the a one. The the one Batman suit that has, like, a rainbow on it. Oh, man. I don't remember that one. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I can't remember. Like, for some reason, I want to say it, like, starts with a Z or something. But mm. it's not me. the It's not the purple, gold, and red one, is it? Not that one. Maybe it is that one. No, no, no maybe okay, it is that Okay, so one. that's the, like, Zen-Raha. It, it's got a weird-ass name. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that one, uh, Kevin Conroy plays the voice of that yeah. Batman. But, you know... It very much is campy. Nice. And for me personally, whenever I watched Brave and the Bold for the first time, I was like, I don't know if I could do this. But then I saw some ridiculous episodes, and I'm like, 
all right, yeah. I can do this. And I think that's I can what, watch this every once in a while. Yeah, I think unfortunately that's what where some comic book fans I think get a little too as um what what were you called recently on on uh Oh, I was called a I was called what was I a called? Fanboy? I, was, I was called a I was called a fanboy. Uh-huh. But it was like something I was else. Called, like there was another word was, added onto it, right? Well, yeah, cuz uh I was I, I have it here. Hold yeah. on. Let me so just look So Clay got into a, not into a fight, but he got chalk shit too on Twitter, which is normal on Twitter. I I was called a melodramatic fanboy who rages too much. Yeah, so I guess for those type of fanboys, like I think as like people that love these kind of things, we should appreciate all the eras. You don't have to like that kind of stuff. You don't have to go out and buy that kind of stuff. But if you can appreciate, like, oh, this is from the 60s, they are recreating it to make it feel like the 60s, I think we could do so much more in comics, like, and so much more on shows and stuff, you know what I mean? But see, I also think that's why, like, uh, you know, just recently, I'm sure I'm sure we've said it here on the podcast, Paul Dini is coming back to do an animated yeah. uh, series comic. That's where you can play with a little bit yeah, of the campiness, sure. just because the animated series did have mild campiness oh. not saying that it had a lot but it yeah. had mild campiness i don't to think it, i so. have it do i have it written down because i was gonna work on a new video about like stuff that i saw in because i was re-watching the batman animated series recently and there was just this one liner between freaking bruce and selena that i absolutely loved i don't think i have it written down anywhere but it was fucking great like it was when um I don't know. Oh, no, it was like Bruce, something about Bruce getting like he basically gets friend zoned by Selena. Like it's so uh-huh. hilarious, but like the way it, it happened was just so great. And then like he had like a one liner later, like about justice or some shit. Like it's it's so good. Like it's just it's campy as fuck, but it's just so good because like Batman's just I don't know, man. Like throughout all the eras, you can appreciate something about him. But um, yeah, I thought it was cool to read this comic to end this on the Robin stuff. Um, I thought it was cool, and I, I'm really excited to see what we're going to get in this Robin 80th special whenever that drops. Um, because I'm assuming that Tomasi's story from Detective just got pushed to that. I hope so. Yeah. I really do hope so, because I messaged him, or I tweeted him, and he never responded. Yeah. So, hopefully, the Robin story that was supposed to come after the uh, Mr. Freeze storyline... Yeah. Hopefully that was pushed just to the 80th anniversary. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we'll see what happens on that. The next thing we got up is we got another Outsiders um, story. This is from Brian Hill. I don't know who the artist is because um, I don't have the comics up right next to me. But uh, what's been going on here recently is... This is still Brett Booth. Is who? Brett Booth. Oh, okay. He's the guy that uh, famously is doing... Uh, that did Titans, that is doing... Uh, the stuff with Flash Forward and Wally West. Okay. Uh, and he just does a beautiful... Like, everything that he works on is just f- flipping awesome. Yeah, I really so. enjoyed the art in this. Um, but what's going on here is we have basically everybody but Batman is fighting right now. So, yeah. um, we we saw it in the last issue. There was basically going to be this standoff between Rachel Ghoul's people and the Outsiders. Basically, everybody but Batman. And uh, I, I mentioned this to Clay. I, I didn't like the cover for this book because it had Black Adam, Black Adam, Black uh, Lightning say, you're going to have to do this without Black Lightning. 
And he was helping them the whole time in this book. So I was like, this is a super misleading cover. Um, yeah. But I think this cover was supposed to be for the issue where he actually wanted to walk away when he found out his teacher friend had died. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I think that would have worked out so much better. Yeah. So in this issue, uh, basically, it's a big fight. It's a big fight between everybody and, um, you know, Black Lightning has an opportunity to kill Ishmael, right? And he doesn't take it. Yes. And Shiva's basically kind of, guess, I guess, talks a little shit or whatever. Um, and then it just seems like uh, Duke is fighting his, like, basically nightmare that he's been having. Um, I forget his name. Karma, isn't Karma? Karma, yeah. He's fighting uh, is- Karma alongside his... What I'm assuming, like, somewhat maybe girlfriend in the future going to be Cassie. Because I feel like that's kind of what they're playing around with. Um, you yes. know, so... Uh, the orphan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're they're fighting um, Karma together. And uh, Tatsu, who is... Um, wow, I'm forgetting her name right now. Uh, the character name. Uh, I know her as Tatsu. Katana? Katana. Uh, Katana is fighting uh, Terminator guy. Which I don't even remember his name, honestly. He just, uh, I, I just know I would have enjoyed the story if he was not, Terminator. Better. Yeah, I cannot remember his yeah, name. Yeah, um, Caliber, I think is his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Caliber. Yeah, Caliber, that so, sounds right. So, um, yeah, she's fighting Caliber because she said she, like, never liked him or whatever. So everybody's fighting yeah. their own different person, and it basically comes down to the outsiders winning, if I'm not mistaken, right? Like, they... But I know the bad guys get away yeah. somehow. Um, yeah, uh, Karma and... Uh, well, they all get away basically because, you know, the whole fight was just a distraction. Yeah. Very stereotypical villain thing mm-hmm. to do. Uh, oh, they blow up everything at the end, right? Oh, yeah. They blow up They blow up the yeah. city. They're like, oh, Ra's al Ghul is wanting what's best for the world. Yeah. And they're like, how? And he's like, like this. And he pushes the button and the whole city that behind them basically just starts blowing yeah. up. But, you know, there are some good parts in this mm-hmm. fight. Um, we get to see another uh, use of uh, Signal's dark powers yeah. instead of his light powers. Um, and he's fully embracing them, mm-hmm. which is something that Batman didn't want him to do because they are still unaware of like how they affect you know, Signal's body yeah. and all of that. But he uses it more as like a distraction so mm-hmm. that way freaking Orphan can come in and, and kick freaking uh karma's ass yeah and then you know we have somewhat of an intimate moment with uh shiva and uh black lightning talking about like you know personal stuff along with the fight with uh what's what's that guy's name ishmael and freaking katana being a badass cuts off fucking caliber's arm yeah his his cybernetic arm yeah and, you know, the pool of blood that's still attached to the whole thing, you know, just flies everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so we got some really cool stuff in the fight. But one thing that was really cool in the beginning of this issue is, you know, a few issues ago, Batman had a conversation with Sophia yeah. saying, hey, you know, you have to decide what you're going to do with these powers. Mm-hmm. and But I can't make that choice for you. And she said, can you make me like you? And he said, no, I'm not that yeah. cruel. I will never do that. But in this issue, she comes in and says, hey, I need you to train me. I need to be better. I need to be able to help people with the powers that I have. And he says, 
okay, fine, let's do this. And it's really cool because he takes basically a uh, what do you, uh, what do you call like a like a cache of what weapons that what would you call it like a I, would, I guess an arsenal yeah, yeah. or a of weapons that he took from a hideout mm-hmm. that used to be owned by the Court of Owls. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool. And this this basically feels like an opening to a video game. He like opens up yeah. the the thing and he's like choose your yeah. weapon and I shall train you. Yeah. And it's just it's basically just a like creating a character. <laughs> Yeah, create a character. Yeah. And it's like, okay, which item am I going yeah. to choose? Um, and none of the items in there are the item that she's holding in the cover of the book. Which so, is like her sword and stuff? It's like a giant like axe type thing or like yeah. hammer. I, 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 I don't know exactly what it is. I, her, I hope her that she... kind of cool already, though. Her design, her costume design yeah. is really cool. Um... I hope she doesn't go too wacky with the weapon type. Yeah. Um, I know that, like, uh, Bluebird or Blue Jay, right? What's her name? Blue Jay. Yeah. Blue Jay had, like, almost a gun type. Yeah. She had the mohawk, but her weapon was, like, a gun. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't want her to choose anything like that, and I don't think there is a gun. I hope she has a sword or something. Like, I think a sword would be awesome for her. Yeah, I mean, because it's really hard to really say, okay, because from what you see here, you see, like, a giant hand cannon, you see a crossbow, you see uh, what looks like like wings, yeah. something like maybe a Red Robin hat. It's all Court of Owls um, stuff, too, so. Yeah, um, you see more guns, more guns, a bow and arrow. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what I want her to have. I want her to kind of keep her headdress right now, but have something that covers her face, kind of like the way Dukes does. So I want a lot of, like, her mouth to be exposed, so you can still see, like, it's a girly shape of the mouth. But I love the way her Mm -hmm. hair comes out of a headpiece. Like, I love that. So if they could just add a mat, like a Batman mask to that, her current headdress, and maybe change up the colors, I think that would look really dope. Um, and then, like, her costume, I mean, I might want to lose the shoulder pad, because she has some crazy, like, Ragnarok shoulder pad going on there, but, um... Do you have the book open at all? Yeah. The what? Do you have the book open at all? I have the cover. I don't have the book open. Okay. Uh, Okay. But, I mean, I'll open it right now, you keep talking. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the page, and... Like the doors basically that open, they still have stuff that's like on the side. Mm-hmm. There's three helmets that look pretty cool, but none of them look very feminine, and they none of them look like they can have something that will let her hair flow. Yeah, okay, but I see it now. That that red vest kind of looks kind of cool. Yeah, the red vest, but does it look looks very, cool. it looks it looks very Jason Todd though. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not One sure. Those... But also, I don't know if I want her to hold a bat like a bat symbol. No, you don't think so? Well, I don't mind the like, bat symbol, because if he's going to train her, that's totally fine. But I will say those masks, you know what? Check this out. So one of those masks is the guy Light Ray or Ray Light, the guy from the crossover in the CWs. That looks like his helmet, almost. But yeah, so that, that photo or one of the helmets looks like that Light Ray guy from, he's like the gay character in the crossover when they go to the Nazi planet. In the CW show. What's his name? Light Ray? Oh, the Ray. The Ray. Okay, the, the Ray. Ray. That looks like his helmet, kind of, I think, right? Because doesn't he have a little fin on it? The one it? with the mohawk? Yeah. 
Like, that looks very similar. Yeah, yeah. The one right next to it, though, looks like the Metal Gear Ninja outfit, uh, helmet, with a bat ears on it. Like, straight up. The one with the, the, the dot in the middle? Yeah. It totally looks like the Metal Gear Ninja. And then the other one below it just looks like freaking Jason Todd's Red Hood helmet with spikes on it. Or bat ears on it. Like a... It looks like a white suit Batman. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, things, I think this looks pretty cool. I think... I want her to keep her hair. I think that design is really cool to where she would have, um, you know, just the hair coming out. The only thing that I'm worried about with this is, for some reason, there is never a character... There's never a female character that can stick around longer than Batgirl or Batwoman in this family. Because, like, Orphan has recently come back onto the scene and has been part of the family a lot more. But other than that, a lot of them are rarely used. We have not seen Blue Jay in anything. Like... We haven't seen Blue Jay since the end of New 52. Yeah. And she she did show up in Young Justice, the show, but she was not used in... She hasn't been used in anything else. So... Uh, with Sophia, again, being somebody that is Latina, I would love to see her stick around because we don't have too many Latina heroes. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I really want to see, like, where she goes. And if she can be a fixture in the Bat Family, even if it's only in this Outsider comic, I'd be down with it. I'd definitely keep reading it, especially if they're going to develop her, develop her into something really cool. And I'm glad that yeah. they didn't just go straight with, and I hope it doesn't turn into this, that she's just going to, oh, I was evil the whole time. But I will say I would love for Duke's powers to overtake him and maybe they do something there because I think that would be a little different, like have a Bat Family member start turning. Um, I would enjoy that just because we haven't really had that in a while. Yeah. I mean, you know, the the most we've had that with is Jason Todd, yeah. you know, and... To have somebody, because we have had a lot of character development with Duke. Mm-hmm. We have seen him since he was a child. Yeah, for sure. Like, we haven't had that kind of development since, I would say, Tim Drake. Yeah. If not Dick Grayson. Mm-hmm. So, I think to make him a villain subtly, not instantaneously, but subtly, I think it would work out really well. And, you know... To have, you know, Orphan play a big part of that and then have Sophia go into the role of being the Batman of the day yeah. while he is the villain would be kind of cool. Yeah, I think that'd be kind of cool to see what happens because then it would be Bat family members that have powers against each other. That would be kind of yeah. cool. And um, yeah, I don't know. Because yeah, I, I always thought, you know, Duke as, you know, the light Batman or the Batman of the day was cool because you're like, yeah, Batman always only works at night and there's got to be crime during the day. Like, it'd be perfect for him to be out there. He has a badass suit, yeah. too, and it still blows my mind that they would pick du- freaking Luke Fox over Duke to be Black Batman. Like, yeah. it's so stupid. Um, but yeah. anyways, I enjoyed this issue of Outsiders. I do feel like it's still, like, inching towards something, but it hasn't really went anywhere. You know what I mean? Um, for sure and, yeah but i'm intrigued by the sophia stuff so i'll definitely keep reading it um but yeah i do feel like the story could be moving a little faster um but with that we're gonna go over to the uh, i think this is catwoman 21 if i'm not mistaken 20 
Is it 21? Uh, let me see. It is sure. issue number 21. Yeah. You are correct. Okay, so Catwoman 21, this is the conclusion of Joel Jones's story. This has been a long time coming. I would be very curious to see if this was supposed to tie in with Tom King's run at all or if it was just supposed to be the beginning and then this was going to be Joel Jones' story this whole time. Um, but... Uh, this story was just a continuation or the conclusion of the story we've been finding. Catwoman, we it left off with her, you know, getting into this, uh, you know, party that was going on where everybody thought they were going to get this magic elixir, but it turns out that um, what was her name? I forget her name, the villain's name. She basically tricked everybody into becoming zombies, and there are these crazy zombies that Catwoman's just kicking everybody's ass. She's like, fuck you guys. Like, I'm way better than this. And she's kicking a bunch of zombies' ass. Creel. Miss Creel or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't. I forget yeah. her first name. But Creel is like, oh, no. And uh, basically Catwoman foils her plan. And she's like, just give me the shit and we'll be good. Like this elixir. And uh, she's like, I, I don't know if she tries to attack her or does she send somebody after her? I, I'm forgetting the... So she's getting like because of course Creel is in that back room. Yeah. She's getting very frustrated that Catwoman is defeating all of these zombies, and so she's like, "Do something!" And so her lackeys, who are zombies at this point, because yeah. one of them is the detective from the very beginning of this story, um, he even attacks her as a zombie, yeah. uh, and she attacks. Uh, and there's one other zombie that attacks her. Uh, she takes them both down really quickly and then goes after Creel and is very vicious towards her. Mm-hmm. She's like, basically, Catwoman is fucking fed up with all yeah. this shit. She's like, She's you know dead. what? Like, calm down. And she even grabs, like, a piece of the vase that Creel cracked on her head mm-hmm. and is like, hey, don't move. You wouldn't want to, like, you know, there be an accident or anything. Yeah. And basically tells her. The story of how she became Catwoman, essentially. Mm -hmm. And, you know, why she wears the mask and, you know, why she does what she does. And before anything else could happen, Adam, who is Creel's own son, ends up killing Creel. Yeah. Like, just, like, straight up just rips her throat out. And Adam says, I need to make this right. Mm Mm-hmm. And all this time when you're seeing Catwoman fight all these zombies, you are seeing uh, Carlos and his aunt, I believe. Yeah, something like that. She's, uh, like, dying. Uh, in, in the hospital because of last issue, she got stabbed. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, we see them have complications, but here near the end, we, we hear the... Uh, I don't know what that little thing is. The monitor. Yeah. The heart it's monitor. like the flatlining you know, kind like of flat- thing. Yeah, they flatline, and everybody's freaking out. They go over there, but it's only flatlining because she's ripped out, basically, the reader yeah. off of her, like, body. And there is a note next to the Lazarus water and a teddy bear saying, get well soon. And it's basically a goodbye note from Selena saying that she's not very good at these things. We learned that in Batman 50, woman. Yeah. We understand. Yeah. And and then we end the whole thing uh, with Catwoman driving off into the sunset with her sister. And if you just noticed, because I literally just noticed this right now, uh-huh. the lucky rabbit's foot that's around the mirror. Oh, no. I just shit. noticed that. 
Yeah, I mean, was that... So was that supposed to be nothing then? Or is this, like, something that helps her sister? I don't know. Or was it just nothing and, like, Zatanna was just like, oh, man, you just needed some motivation. You know what I mean? I'm, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. I just noticed that, too. That's crazy. Um, I will say that when uh, Catwoman was telling her history, I thought that was a kind of nice little glimpse into her, you know, her origin. Um, they totally went with the mom killing herself. Like, that was gotcha. And uh, I always knew her dad yeah. was a drunk. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty interesting to, like, see that Catwoman has been through that. You know what I mean? Like, she's had a fucked up childhood, um, which is probably why she's so, you know, good with uh, Batman. But I, I love that her reasoning for, like, I guess not... I don't know. I mean, because it kind of makes it seem like her seeing, like, people that are so loving is what made her kind of change her mind or something like that. Because she sees, like, that old couple yeah. that's, like, what she's... She didn't want diamonds. She was just trying to fill this hole in her life when she all she wanted was love. And then she's basically saying... Yeah, she saw, she saw the happiness of the old woman, and she's like, I've never had that yeah. before. And she's like, oh, it must be this diamond that she yeah. got. That's probably why she's happy. And so she you know looked inside the jewelry box and it wasn't the diamond it like that stopped her it wasn't the guilt or anything because she really wanted to and she could have taken the diamond but it was you know looking into that mirror that was inside the jewelry box and like realizing like i'm a horrible human being and usually when people tell themselves man i'm a horrible human being they usually stop what they're doing Nah, Catwoman was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to hide this face and then do the horrible <laughs> stuff that I want to yeah. do. <laughs> yeah, so I thought this was, uh, this was pretty cool. I love when, you know, this wasn't a crazy origin change. It was just a nice little addition to what we've read about Catwoman. Because Catwoman's origin is still mixed, and I do think a lot of it's been retconned. Because I don't, like, who was it? It was during New 52. They tried to give her, like, her father was, like, a mob boss. And then even in Long yeah, Halloween, yeah. they tried to make it seem like Falcone was her father. And so, like, yeah. um, I don't really like those. I like that she's come from nothing. Like, you know what I mean? Um, which is basically, you know, she just had a bad childhood. Um, because it, yeah. that's polar opposite of Bruce, and I think I like that that. And I think more so, like Joelle Jones really wanted to do this because this is the like the finale of her run. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does say that the story will continue in the 80th anniversary. Yeah, but this title is not continuing after that. Really? So, I don't. Be- I don't believe it is. I can double check, yeah. but I don't believe. That there is a Catwoman twenty two solicited for any time soon. Yeah, I could see that. It'll be, well, yeah, because I guess you can't really tell much with a pregnant Catwoman, can you? Like, you can only do so much. So I'm pretty sure they'll just continue her being. Oh well, I will hold my tongue. Hold on. Oh. There is gonna be. That's right, because that's going over. This is, I think, Joelle's last one. This is her last because. One. Yeah, because the new writer is going to be on 22. Oh, okay. So Catwoman will continue. Which, yeah. it, this is all going to be pre... Uh, whatchamacallit after, I guess? Because in the 80th, Tom King's making her prego. So that'll be really interesting to see what happens. Unless the next writer is going to continue telling the story up until when she meets up with Batman again. Like, are we going to get more of what Tom King wrote like on the island and stuff? That'll be interesting. Uh, 
I don't know. Who's the next writer? Does it say? Uh, the, the next writer, yes. Let me go ahead and go back to that. The next writer is going to be uh, Paula Sevenbergen. Never I've heard never of heard of her. Okay, well, yeah. I don't mind new writers. I mean, she might not be a new writer, but... Uh, I don't mind, you know, getting some fresh blood. The This is the solicit right here. Ever seen those hot pink vans stationed around town advertising sexy maids who will come <laughs> clean your house? Little did you know those sexy maids are actually part of a secret underground sting operation that only Catwoman can claw her way through to find the artifact they've stolen. It's what? leather versus lingerie in this epic cat chase. Whoa, whoa! Is this black label? Is this black label? And I, I might enjoy this book more oh, than I thought. Man. Um, okay. I wonder if I'm gonna get like early Catwoman New Fifty Two vibes in this thing. Cause damn, um, uh, she does not have in the on the cover mm-hmm. or what this is shown. She does not have. Uh, the goggles because they gave she gave the goggles away here. Yeah, but it's not the new suit with like the empty pits. It's her old suit. Really? So let's see. Um, yeah, I haven't seen this yet. But uh, what were your overall thoughts on the issue? My overall thoughts of the issue. It's you know it was a good issue. Uh, you know for the fact that we did get a little bit of the origin mm-hmm. i did know or a part of me knew that this was going to be joel jones's last book so for joel jones's run on this series uh unfortunately i felt like it just like was being held back from something yeah like there wasn't real meaty story mm-hmm. because she took 21 issues basically telling one story yeah and although some people love that because, you know, you just get one story to really focus on, nothing really came from it. Yeah. Like, there was there was no conclusion to anything that Creel was wanting to do. Yeah. There was no... Uh, I, I just felt like nothing came out of this Catwoman run, unfortunately. I love Joelle Jones as a writer. I love her as an artist, especially. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I think this run, if I were to collect this run and say, okay, I'm giving this run a score, I would have to give it a 6.5 or, you know, a very low 7, unfortunately. Just because, you know, we always thought, or I think that, didn't we hear that it was going to connect to Tom King's Batman? I think that was the original point, point, yeah. Um, But I don't know if there was delays Because there was no... The only connective tissue I saw to any universe with this book was the fact that she temporarily went back to Gotham for, like, one issue to meet up with Penguin. Mm-hmm. And then we had another Year of the Villain stuff. So we knew, that, okay, yeah. they're part of the universe. But other than that, it was just a really odd story, to be honest. Yeah, there was some moments that I really did enjoy where it felt like Joelle Jones was trying to connect the story to Batman there was that one where uh, it had, like, Mr. Invisible or the guy that was in the white suit, the gentleman or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, And, like, yeah. she was falling in the ocean, and she, like, made it seem like... She was talking about all this loving stuff about Batman, and she was like, I just wish he was here to get me now. And you see this person diving into the water, and it looks like Batman, but it turns out to be that guy. And um, yeah. that was a cool little arc. I know there was, like, a little heist arc that she did like two issues two or three issues where they were planning out this crazy heist 
And um, so there were some really good issues in between this big story she was trying to tell. But I will say with that final thing, with the final, like, her taking her sister to Gotham, I would hope that it gets continued by, like, her arriving. Like, I hope this gets picked up or dealt with in the 80th anniversary where it shows, like, oh, yeah, she got to the city, but it was City of Bane. So she's not able to really operate in this area. So she's like, I got to go find Batman. And that leads her to on her quest to find Batman and it ends finding him on the mountain. You know what I mean? I'm hoping we get that connecting story because if we don't, then I'm like, "Mm, yeah, this was definitely a waste of a Catwoman arc or Catwoman like, you know, storyline. So, yeah, I don't know if that if they connect all of it in 80, I'll be fine with it. Because Tom King is definitely going to push the boundaries on on his little story that he's writing. Because it's called Helena. He's released a photo of her pregnant. And, um, yeah, I'm assuming she's either going to have the kid already in Batcat. Or that's going to be, you know, her getting pregnant in Batcat somehow. So, you know, uh, we'll have to wait and see. But... I was I had high hopes for this just because I thought it was gonna coincide with Tom King's run, and I thought it would have been a really cool thing. But once this went monthly, because I don't think it was ever bi-weekly, but you just knew the monthly thing was gonna catch up with them, and so like yeah, uh, yeah. So it was it was doomed from the start, like at that point. But I still I still think I enjoyed it. I was expecting Joel Jones to be on this for a majority of the run. But I think that's kind of when things got not off the rails, but like when she she wasn't even drawing or writing on some issues. And you're just like, what happened? Like, it was just uh, it was interesting. So because I thought she was going to be pulling a Sean Murphy, you know what I mean? Like doing all the writing and doing all the drawing. Um, But yeah, for sure. I don't know because I know she worked on like, did she work? Did she do the detective story in 1000? Right. With Tom King. Or she did something uh, there. She did something with Tom King recently, like. I don't think she did. No, no? because uh, Tony Dan- Tony S. Daniels did the uh, the Detective One Thousand story. Oh wait, she did. Some- he did something with her. I don't know what she did, but I could have swore that he worked with her for like something. Maybe she did a couple panels somewhere. I'm just confused. But anyways. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I'd probably agree with your, like, 6.5, 7-ish rating for this, um, because there definitely could have been a lot more, but, you know what, it, yeah. it kind of happens, I think when one writer is doing a really epic story, it's kind of hard for other writers to either keep up, or kind of tell the story they want to tell, you know, they pick or choose, so, um, I think that's kind of just what happened here, but, uh, I'm really excited to see what Joelle Jones does next, though, because I love her art, whether she's going to go do more Lady Killer or whether she's going to jump on another title. Very interested to see what's going to happen. Um, because I would love her. I would love her because I know Tom King already announced that the Batcat stuff is like it's three different artists. It's Jim Lee, Clayman, and somebody else um, doing three covers. I wish she would have been the third person. Like her doing a Batcat cover for 12 yeah. issues would have been really cool. So, um, but I mean, hopefully she does do something, but, uh, other than that, man, I, this is uh, pretty much all we got for you guys. We really appreciate you, uh, hanging out with us, listening to us in the future. We're currently in beta testing right now. 
we're hoping to do some Batman News Weekly podcast live. Uh, we'll have to work out a schedule because we we film these pretty late at night, and I don't think we'd get a big audience there. Um, we'll talk about this more outside of the podcast, but we would we wouldn't mind doing a few live episodes every once in a while to get your guys' opinions. Uh, we'd have to make it somewhat interesting for podcast listeners that don't do a video form because we would do it live, so there would be a video podcast form. So maybe we would, um, you know, just do chats or like super chats or anything after the podcast is officially done. And that'll just be for, you know, viewing audience um, or maybe we'll include it on the podcast. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see if it's good enough. Maybe we'll include it. But that's something we're toying around with it's still in beta form because we can't find a good video software to actually make it happen. There's a lot of like delays and stuff that's happening and it's not going as well as we'd prefer. Um, but yeah, that's something yeah, to look for sure. Something to look out for. But that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you enjoyed this super mega jam pack issue of Batman News Weekly when we had nothing to talk about, but we always find ways <laughs> to make this go super long. But uh, as always, ladies and gentlemen, I am your host Juice Wayne. He is fanboy Clay. Remember, Batman is awesome. See you guys next time. Batman.